Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This podcast deals with discrimination, homophobia, suicide, and crimes against men and children. Please listen at your own discretion. If you are affected by any of the themes featured in this episode please contact your local support charity. He was possibly murdered. There was no clear evidence of anyone hearing gunshots. The police story, therefore, had to be wrong, um, and they started to try and pick holes in it. Uh, the pain would be so horrific that you wouldn't be able to pull trigger twice, never mind another four times after the first shot. People found it very difficult to um, believe that a man could use his own revolver five times, firing into his own body to kill himself. How did you get him to go to the police station on his own? and draw a revolver that's going to be used to shoot him. Catching Worms, a Hong Kong true crime podcast. Just after 11.30 on the morning of the 15th of January 1980... John McLennan, a 29-year-old police officer from the Highlands of Scotland, was found dead on the floor of his police flat in downtown Kowloon. He was alone. Next to him lay a police-issue revolver. What the police first interpreted as a clear case of suicide soon became a media-inspired murder hunt. Uh, and immediately there was a furore. This is Detective Nori McKillop. In the press, uh, the homosexual community, uh, uh, media was scrambling about in, almost immediately about conspiracies. The initial reaction in Hong Kong um, was largely based around um, in the circumstances that um, the, the the public, who, um, for instance, the media themselves and the, the, a lot of the liberal public, no longer by 1979 or 1980 really believed much that the police told them. Uh, they'd been living through a whole decade in which police corruption had been made uh, public. Um, many of the policemen they knew who were corrupt um, because of the amnesty which the governor had declared three years before had not been fired. The, a lot of them didn't believe a word that the police said to them. So that anything the police said um, was almost certainly going to be disbelieved. So the, the initial re response in the press uh, and on the radio was disbelief um, that um, a man could shoot himself five times uh, and commit suicide that way. The police story therefore had to be wrong um, and they started to try and pick holes in it. And it wasn't just at the time. 
Everyone I've spoken to about the case, as soon as I mention the five shots, react in the same way. And it wasn't just that he shot himself five times. These shots were aimed. So when people came um, across the fact that he had shot himself four times around his heart and one time in his abdomen, so five shots from a revolver, um, and the four shots around his heart, although they went through his heart, they were very close to the heart, they would have killed him. Nevertheless, people found it very difficult to um, believe that a man could use his own revolver five times firing into his own body to kill himself. With five shots to the heart, you think it must have been murder. There was a lot of speculation that John could not have shot himself five times with a revolver. It was a Smith & Wesson revolver. Um, requires some trigger pose, not an automatic. And laymen couldn't conceive that one could shoot oneself in the stomach five times. Uh, the pain would be so horrific that you wouldn't be able to pull the trigger twice, never mind another four times after the first shot. To get a better understanding, I contacted some of the local gun clubs here in Hong Kong and spoke to a guy called Eclipse, a gun enthusiast with firearms training. I wanted to get a better understanding about how the 38 revolver works. So my name is Eclipse. Uh, I am a firearm enthusiast, hence... Uh, I can talk about police service pistols, uh, functionality, and how the police doctrine goes. Okay, so the, the gun that you're talking about, the, the Smith & Wesson 38, can you describe to me, like, what does it actually look like? How heavy is it? What, what size is it? Can you describe the gun to me? He holds up a replica gun. Uh, it holds six rounds in the chamber. And... The caliber, as I said, is 38 Special, which is widely adopted in uh, police revolvers around the world. The gun is about uh, a kilogram uh, unloaded. So without bullets, the gun is about one kilogram in your hands. The reason for the adoption for the 38 Special cartridge mainly stems from, it's a legacy thing. So back when uh, Hong Kong is still a British colony, uh, the police service pistols uh, came directly from Britain. A revolver like this is what we call a double, uh, single double action. So there are guns that go single action, there are guns that go double action. The strict definition is that for single action, it means when you cock the hammer like so. So that you see that the hammer is retained in the back. And when you pull the trigger, it slams forward, hence shooting the gun. A double action means that you don't need to do the single action motion. When you pull the trigger, it goes back. The hammer will move back and slam forward. And double action, two actions. So when you pull the trigger, the hammer will move back gently, gently. And at the same time, the cylinder will rotate. So as such, it will turn and load the next round in. And when you pull the trigger to its limit at the very end, like so, the hammer slams forward and hence shooting the gun. So you have six shots in doing so. And, and when you shoot, like, do you get like a bit of a kickback? Do you have yes, that feeling? Yes, that's called recoil. 
hence there'll be a little bit of a torque. Hence, it's what makes the gun jump, as you would see in movies and uh, TV shows. The officer, the police officer who shoots the gun, he doesn't carry a revolver with him normally. He doesn't really even like guns that much. So he never has his police service arm on him. He had to actually go and take one out of the armory to get hold of the gun because he just never had it on him. I imagine that he would have experienced that kickback. But then he, what he does in this scenario is he turns the revolver around and shoots himself five times into the chest. And this is something that people find mind-blowing and I find mind-blowing as someone who doesn't know anything about guns. How, how could he do that because he's got to not only try and fire the gun in the opposite direction and then the recoil would happen and then he'd have to do it again and again sure. and again and they're all in the same position like the gun the shots aren't like one on his like side or like you know all, all over the shot they're they're all kind of at the same point i would say that uh most you can get out of shooting yourself in the heart with a revolver like this is probably once. So humans are really fragile. Chances are the bullet will open up and rip through your heart and you will be dead within seconds. Uh, granted, you can hold it to your chest like so. So maybe the location discrepancy wouldn't be that much, but to shoot yourself like this in the heart for five times straight, I would say is unfeasible at best and impossible at worst. So it's hard to believe that John could have done this to himself. You can understand why people would think someone else must have been in the room, standing there in front of John, holding a gun aimed at his chest. There are some very simple things that the investigating officers could have done at the scene to determine if it was, in fact, John holding the gun. They didn't uh, subject uh, his hands to gunpowder tests to actually prove that he fired the, the revolver. Everybody said that afterwards if they bagged his hands and found gunpowder residue on his hands, then that would have killed off most of the conjecture that he was possibly murdered. They um, didn't work out the order of shots um, and how they had been fired. And that would have been reasonably easy to do because the bullets were all found either in his body or in the room, uh, having passed through his body. So there was never any um, clear idea of uh, how he had managed to shoot himself. In the films, you see someone with the gun in their hand, pointing it at their temple or holding it just below their chin. The reason for this being that a shot to the head is swift, less painful, the fastest way to die. So why would John not have killed himself this way? There was also evidence that uh, in the homosexual life, suicide um, situation that's quite common, uh, not to disfigure the face in any way, and the um, uh, shots to the stomach is, is quite a common way for in particular homosexuals. You know, normally you'd say, well, that's a... Um, very unusual. Apparently it's not that unusual. It's Well, it's unusual, but it's not unprecedented. It would be for multiple shots to be fired. And also that traditionally the police issue revolvers at that time, and bear in mind you're, you're living in a very, very crowded environment. You The bullets and the power of the revolvers, we used to laugh that the bullets would fall out the nozzle. Because um, they weren't designed to 
you know, go 100 metres. So that, that said, it doesn't mean to say it doesn't kill you, but what I'm saying is that they're not the most powerful things. And the, the fact that John uh, shot himself around the, the chest, I don't believe any actually, there's only one wound would have been fatal. And there was a lower one in the stomach, which I assume was when his hand was dropping. So technically, it is possible that John could have shot himself five times. The human body has survived more. Each shot a symbol of John's determination, his desire to save himself from disgrace and his face from disfiguration. John was brought up to be a good Presbyterian from a religious family, a family far away in Scotland. Maybe the simple explanation for why John shot himself in the stomach is that he wanted his mother to be able to look at his face in his casket, to be seen and maybe forgiven. At the trial, a specialist was brought over from London. He put the five bullets down to John being a bad shot and was quoted saying, basically, you can shoot yourself many, many times. It's only one that has to be fatal. You can keep shooting yourself as long as you don't hit any vital organs. Basically, that's what happened. Well, apart from our own forensic scientists, um, we brought in the uh, experts from abroad who suggested or gave evidence that this was was perfectly possible. The, the first gunshot going through into the stomach, the pain would have been numbing, in a sense, and the reflex action was quite probable and possible for reflex action to be uh, to allow uh, John to pump another five bullets into his stomach before succumbing and collapsing. And I had faith in the forensic evidence as well. I was, I was very much a fan of forensic science at that time and still am. Um, follow the science, as they say. <laughs> um, no, I had no doubts whatsoever that this was not a murder. The gunshots, the five gunshots, I understand what you're saying, that you've had this conflicting opinions about whether he could, he could do it himself with evidence that he could. But did no one hear them? There was no clear evidence of anyone hearing the gunshots. Mm-hmm. It doesn't surprise me. Um, it, no, it doesn't surprise me. It was a thirty-eight special, probably cheap Brazilian ammunition that we were issued at the time. Um, it would have been, to a discerning ear, knowing gunshots, uh, yes. But to the average person, it would have been pop, 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 pop. It wouldn't have been, probably wouldn't register as a gunshot. And they're not particularly loud anyway. To a discerning ear. Surely John was surrounded by discerning ears. He was living in police quarters. His neighbours would be fellow officers who surely would know the sound of a gunshot. But for Detective Ian Grant, it's more than how the gun was shot. It's about the hours before. Those hours that proved to him it was not murder. Hours later, he's found dead in his flat which is all locked, and there's a suicide note. So, logically, and it's, it's not hindsight, the, the fact is, how would you get John, if, they, if there was anything ulterior or suspicious about that death, how would you get him to go to the police station on his own and draw a revolver that's going to be used to shoot him? It's just completely the scenario is illogical. 
I think the fact that he didn't have a revolver was actually quite a, a, a good thing in the end because I think it made it very clear to me that what had happened. Police suicides are not uncommon globally. There's probably a higher rate of police officers commit suicide than other factors, uh, uh, parts of society. One of the reasons would be because the access to firearms makes it pretty easy. You know, other people jump from height because you can get, you can easily get up. But you know, the other reasons how you kill yourself, it's not always that easy to do. But police officers, if you can, they, they normally shoot themselves in the temple. That's what you see in the movies, etc. But that's what happens. You look at the numbers, you'll probably find that police officers, I wouldn't say massively, but be disproportionate. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And I did look at the data, and he's right. Police officers are at a higher risk of suicide than any other profession. In the US, in 1999, a study showed that 12 out of every 100,000 people commit suicide. Yet, when you look only at 100,000 police officers, that number rises to 22 people. And in some states, it's up to 35 officers for every 100,000. Another study showed that nearly 80% of the suicides occur when the officer, like John McLennan, is off duty. So if it wasn't that uncommon, why did it become front-page news? Why do you think it did get such media attention? Why does it... You know, you could say a suicide of a police officer might get, you know, a small article on the third page of a newspaper. Why do you think it captured and created such a 
a reaction. I think probably association with SIU wouldn't have would have added to the mix. Um, it's definitely the fact that John uh, there was five five shots. And unfortunately for the police story. Um, Elsie, too, had known John McLennan um, in Ewan Long. She'd helped him to survive in the police force. She'd been told of the setup, uh, which had been attempted by the SIU, and had complained of it personally to the Attorney General and had been taken no notice. So as soon as she heard that John McLennan uh, had died, she didn't believe he killed himself. She believed that he'd um, been killed by the police. Uh, and she started to make a huge public outcry. And then all of her usual contacts started then to um, tweak all the media outlets. And she was a very good media operator. Uh, she was well ahead of her time. She had links in um, Hong Kong and in the United Kingdom. And they took up her story. And the story is the story we've been telling all along. The story of a young police officer in a city where same-sex acts are illegal, where a specialist unit has been set up to rid the government of homosexuals, and a story where John is their prime suspect. But this story didn't explain a murder. For Detective Norrie McKillop, the evidence pointed in the opposite direction. But uh, some of the strongest evidence was there was... the flat had been totally and utterly locked up from the inside. And there was irrefutable evidence of this because the, the doors had to be broken down. Um, and there was a suicide note. For the press stories to be believed, they had to explain how and why he was killed how a man could be murdered alone, having locked himself inside his flat from the inside. I asked author Nigel Collett, what were the working theories at the time? There were two ways which people have suggested the murder could have been carried out. Um, The first one is that um, somebody had come through the bathroom window and climbed um, down from the floor above using a rope, uh, abseiling down the front of a, of a flat block. He was on a floor very high up um, on a building which was perched on a cliff. So this wasn't a, an easy thing to do. So the idea was that somebody had abseiled down, had managed to squeeze through what it was a very small bathroom window um, to get into the flat. And then um, having com- committed the murder, the, the theory was there were two of them had done that. Uh, one then left... And then the other one stayed in the flat and locked the doors uh, and then stood in the wardrobe until the investigation happened the following morning. Um, and then as the police were milling around in the room, merged into the police and left. And that theory is even more plausible if, as some people theorised, the murderer was a policeman himself. Someone you'd expect to see at the scene, someone who is working the case. The press even tried to test out this notion there were some pretty dodgy things done by certain certain of the press uh, who were seen on television uh, supposedly climbing into John McLennan's flat um, through a window. In fact, it wasn't John McLennan's flat at all. Um, it was totally dishonest 
reporting. And there was no checking of access to the room from outside, uh, from the windows or the bathroom, which were the only way that anybody could have come into the flat um, from the outside if the doors had been bolted from the inside. Uh, nobody really knows even now whether the doors, or sorry, rather the windows were, were bolted um, and, and whether therefore they couldn't have been um, used to get in to kill him. You know, this is like the, the press building up stories and all this sort of thing to add to the mix. Well, the door was locked. We know the door was locked. That maybe somebody could have gone in through that window and come out through that window. Physical impossibility. Metal bars across the thing. Even a squirrel wouldn't have got through, never mind a human being. But that was in, that was where really the press was building the whole thing up. Um, the whole thing got, it just took off. So according to Detective Ian Grant, unless you were an abseiling squirrel, this theory does seem highly unlikely. Author Nigel Collett does give it a little bit more credit. That's the theory behind it. Uh, and to me, that is a little um, far-fetched. Uh, but that is a possibility. Uh, um, the, it never does get over the issue of how he was forced to write his own suicide note and a note on the envelope um, for his suicide letter. That, I think, um, is impossible to get over. So that was the first theory, but it wasn't the only one. There's a second theory that he didn't do this and somebody else shot him five times. That's the, the two that theories. You think that was the most likely? I would think that's likely because uh, for someone who is more well-trained with their gun, like uh, most police officers in Hong Kong who qualifies pistol training, they can get uh, a really, they can get tight groupings. So, so some fist size grouping within 10 meters. So I can stand 10 meters away from you shooting my gun and end up with bullet holes spread out no bigger than your fist. I don't find shooting yourself in the chest five times in rapid succession with a revolver would be possible. Well, the second theory um, was that he had brought the people in himself um, he'd been shadowed um, by people who really wanted, uh, who were working presumably for the commissioner of police or somebody high up in the police force, and he'd brought them into the flat. Um, they must have somehow um, accosted him when he came back. Um, there was some suggestion that it wasn't even him who, uh, who had drawn out the, uh, the revolver from the armory because the police constable there on duty didn't really know him um, and uh, thought he was somebody he wasn't. So there was a suggestion that somebody else had drawn out the weapon. But there was a suggestion, though, that the second method was that he'd actually invited them into the flat, uh, and then they'd shot him there. He knew them. He invited them in. And maybe they forced him to write the suicide note. For me, this seems plausible, because one thing stands out to me. The note is really short. It isn't a long letter explaining why he was doing what he was doing. It's not the ramblings of a drunk man in distress. If he'd had all night to write the note, I feel he would have said more. Please, please tell my family that this was an accident and that I am a good police officer. Detective Nora McKillop dismisses this theory out of hand. His colleagues were the first on the scene that day and he knows what they found. 
they had to break their way into the flat, not only the flat per se, but into the bedroom where John was. The bedroom was even locked from the inside. So there was no possibility of a Houdini-type situation of someone getting in and locking the doors and getting out, spiriting their way somehow. For Nigel Collett, it always comes back to the suicide note. Again, I think uh, the likelihood of uh, somebody being invited by him into the flat and then making him write the suicide note in that circumstance is very low. But that was the suggestion. next time on Catching Worms. Uh, but the speculation went on and on and on and on. The idea was um, that he was murdered to get rid of him because he was going to give information at, at the trial. Uh, he was murdered because he might uh, open his mouth. <laughs> The, the, the conspiracy theorist says, of course, there were motives that he was killed. For someone to want to kill him, um, to get him out of the way and not to give that information out. And he told Roy Henry he wanted to get rid of John McLennan, who was his subordinate at that stage. Obviously pointing fingers in the homosexual uh, world. And all very, very vague. This has been a Create Podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating. It helps others to find us. You can follow us on Instagram at CatchingWormsHK. With special thanks to Nigel Collett, author of A Death in Hong Kong. Eclipse and the team at Gun Range Zero. Detective Nori McKillop and Detective Superintendent Ian Grant. And thank you for listening. Catching Worms Jok Chong This term means to get yourself into trouble, causing unnecessary difficulties. It may seem like an odd phrase, but this slang is often used as an abbreviation of the full saying Jok Chong Yap Si Fat. That involves putting said worms up your rear end which, to anyone's imagination, definitely spells trouble indeed. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.